Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchise that makes you go, or franchises that make you go, <laughs> they made how many of those? <laughs> we give each and every sequel a fair trial. Spoiler alert, they've all been part of the same franchise. <laughs> <laughs> We're only looking at one a franchise. franchise. <laughs> That's the John Negroni theory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And me, Ted. <laughs> Wait, oh what? no! What did you say? You're Ted. Me Tyler. What? Wait. What? What did you say? Did he say me Ty? Me Tyler. Me, me, me Tyler. Oh, I think his name is me Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> me Tyler. Oh God! Seeing okay. as nobody has ever seen this movie, that joke will <laughs> Not land, land with it. Land yeah, hopefully at you all. guys watch this one because I don't. I've never heard anyone reference this film. We'll do, we'll I, I wish upon nobody to watch this film. <laughs> yeah, just no. let us let us uh, take Please, you on a journey. Yeah. Pause the podcast. Go watch this movie. <laughs> do not come back. You're gonna want to hear our thoughts on Meatballs Part Two, <laughs> which it really should be called Second Helping. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, us putting more effort into the marketing than the people that made this or, movie. Or a subtitle that made it seem like it had nothing at all to do with the first film because it doesn't. This might as well be called like Calzone. Yeah, it's like, not like it's not like uh, Hostel Part 2 or whatever where it like picks up after right. the last one. Yeah, so, well, okay, we'll get into it. But. Yeah, but uh, this one comes to us from the great year of 1984. This summer, return to a real hot spot. I know a place where the four of us can go and meet new people, <laughs> breathe fresh air, enjoy water sports, fall in love. I love you. Bring the kids. Come back. The insanity continues. Meatballs Part Two, rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you. Would you bring your children to see this movie? No. I wouldn't bring anybody to see this movie. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't not bring my children because there's only nothing even that bad. You don't want to see the insanity continue? <laughs> it's like, you know how in um, The Good Place there's that one woman stuck in the medium place and all she has to watch is Cannonball Run Part sure. 2? I feel like that this movie is like the second, the one A to to that VHS tape. It could have been this movie. <laughs> well, apparently, according to the writers, that this movie got open watered and it was like completely made. And then the studio was like, "Meatballs Part Two, and the creator was like, "What?" And then that was it. Like, <laughs> uh, so that's why it has not even like a wink or a nod towards the original. Yeah, not even, not even the same There's, camp. N- no, everything is different. Sadly, everything is different. But lucky for us, we get to start off the movie with a brand new song about summer. <laughs> this one's called "We've Been Waiting for the Summer." And it's uh, pretty much like typical 80s Jake sure. Kyle's band type uh, Back to the Future song. Yeah. I don't know. What'd you, did you guys like it? Is it better than... Did you like it better than uh, well, Are You Ready for like the Summer? it's definitely not as annoying because it's not like little children at a really high pitch, but it was pretty forgettable. The other one, it was definitely catchier. I've already forgot it. Yeah, I can't even... I couldn't tell you right now how it goes. For those of you who might be wondering how it goes... I really enjoyed the lyrics to the song. Okay. So I feel like... Read them dramatically We need to a me. dramatic read. Okay. Are you going to put them in your AIM away message? Yes. <laughs> okay. Right before I leave for summer vacation. Ah. <laughs> and there's going to be little twinkly stars and stuff. Good. Too. All right, you guys ready for this? A dramatic reading of We've Been Waiting for the Summer. The theme to Meatballs Part 2. We've been waiting for the summer all year long. We've been waiting for the summer to sing this song about the swimming and the women and the funnin' and the sunnin' in the sun. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. We've been waiting for the summer to get unstressed from the cramming and examine. Gotta take a rest. Waiting patient for the summer, and now the waiting's done. <laughs> But there's still more. Hold on. We're going to sleep late. We're going to play. We're going to dance the days away. At night, when the summer stars come out, we're going to do what it's all about. I wonder what they mean there. <laughs> We've been waiting for the summer to hit the beach. 
no more apples for the teacher. Gonna eat a peach. <laughs> that was my favorite line. <laughs> Give a sunshine cheer, because a super fine summer is here. Yay, yeah, I'll take yeah, my roses yeah, yeah. now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wonder what you guys think a sunshine cheer is. Uh, I think it's when the, uh, the sun dumps two scoops of raisins on your head. <laughs> or like, like goes, he goes, go you! <laughs> or like the sun from Teletubbies. Like, that's what I'm imagining. The baby oh, sun? Yeah. The baby no. sun. What do, you think, what do you think that baby's up to now? Child start checking. I, I, now I want to look that up badly. <laughs> what, yeah. what do you think those 13 babies are up to now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to our new documentary podcast, The 13 Babies of the Teletubby Sun. <laughs> don't tempt me. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys to give your uh, best sunshine cheer real quick, but I'm not going to do it. We can move on from the song. This amazing song. I like the idea. It's the of, only song in the movie. Of no, okay. of, no, of no apples for teacher, and then you just you just take it away, and then you just aggressively eat a peach while staring at your teacher. Yeah. I, no. I don't understand the... Uh, I don't understand. They're like they've been they've been like dealing with apples all year. They're like, fuck it, I want to eat something other than an apple. It's probably because peaches look like butts. Yeah, or they're a summer fruit. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, that's a song that rhymes "sunnin" with "sun." The 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 <laughs> the opening like stanza of this song is so ridiculous. Because the, they sing it so fast, it just sounds like they're going, punning and the nunning and the hunning and the bunning But it's like the funning and the sunning and the sun. Funning and the sunning and the sun. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. I'm sorry. Whoever wrote this song. I looked your name up and I already forgot. <laughs> oh, man. Well, they start on the bus. Pee Wee's driving. Pee Wee is driving. Paul Rubin's getting first billion in this movie, even though he does barely anything. He is in this scene pretty much. Yeah, I, but actually, he was one of the only actors that didn't like aggressively annoy me. Like, I, yes. I felt like he was actually good in this movie for I, the very small part that he. Has. I thought that like, okay, you're gonna go Bill Murray for Paul Rubin's. Like, it's a downgrade. Oh, that would have been great. But like, but like, okay, like I, I, I totally see that makes sense to me. Like, he's gonna be the main like counselor type of thing, and like, nope, like he's kind of a shrill asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just weird, and he's in like three scenes. Yes, he's like the bus auto, the bus driver from The Simpsons, or the even the bus drivers from South Park. Like, like all those, yeah. All, all the kids are like yelling and stuff, and he just pops up, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, I better stop. I'm gonna kill us all because he like, he just, like stops driving the bus basically. Yeah, while it's in motion, yeah. which I thought that that was a fun. Little that is kind of like the one from South Park, actually. Too. Um, I, I immediately noticed when we opened in the bus that uh, one good thing that this movie does that the last one didn't is that we finally have campers of color. Yeah. Yay. Now they're not the main character or anything. Let's not get crazy. Okay, we can't go any sure. riskier than Italian, but uh, <laughs> they are there in the background and as a few side characters. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like there's so many other things that happen in this movie that just wash all of that, that away. Uh, yeah, away. <laughs> no, but I just wanted to... Especially their euphemisms for genitalia. This movie is basically yeah. like stereotypes and insensitive jokes, the movie. <laughs> yeah, it gets... Just awful. Also, also some other movies that were popular around this time. Let's put them in here for some reason. <laughs> I love that uh, the beginning of this movie. Um, you know, this has happened. I'm sure to all of you guys on the way to school or something like the police pull over your bus <laughs> yes. and they say, "Hey, this uh, guy who just got a out of jail's got to go to school with you today. <laughs> it's part of his thing." And what's his name? What's his name? His name is Flash. Flash. And I love that it was like. Flash was pulling a Tyler from last yes, week. Yes, I loved that part. I wrote he was that like, down too. Yo, what's a CIT? What does, mean? what does that mean, anyways? And I was like, Tyler, did you even watch the movie? Yeah. I was like, it's Tyler. Yeah. Also, guys, I thought the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I sound like this idiot. Also, like, one of his very first lines is so funny. Not the first one, um, but the one when he's on the bus talking to his friend, and his friend's like, Hey man, what you been doing? What you been doing? And he's like, time. <laughs> and that's exactly how he's like, time. Like he's totally cool <laughs> saying it. And I was just like, oh God, uh, the acting. He's such a like 
Italian greaser stereotype. Yeah. Like he's not capable of wearing a full length cap sleeve. Like no. he yeah. uh, he's got like he's yeah. allergic to sleeves. And yeah. they've all got the accent. Like hey, yeah. hey, <laughs> I was doing time. Hey, hey, Jamoke. Yeah, it's really bad. It's really oh bad. man. It's really bad. So the song plays. The song we all love <laughs> plays. It stops for a little uh, police interlude, and then it kicks back up as they arrive at Camp Sasquatch. Is that right? Yep, Camp Sasquatch. <laughs> Camp Sasquatch. Where kids are kids. Yep, exactly. Except like for Flash, who's a, who's a 35-year-old man. And we get, all the, <laughs> we get all these weird insert shots of the camp director, who is clearly not there in that same scene, <laughs> waving at kids from a different location. <laughs> and we get to meet fun campers like Wheels. The boy in a wheelchair. <laughs> this, oh yeah, we forgot. On the way, they <laughs> they race a ECV like wheelchair in yeah. the freeway or the highway. Paul Rubens is like, I can take him. I can take him. Uh, and this was really strange because it looks like a grown ass man in that chair. <laughs> and then when you get out uh, in close up, you see it's a child. Yes, very shocking. Uh, and and it, this kid, he's he's a daredevil. He's a daredevil in a wheelchair. I guess, and that's just his regular chair. That's just his regular chair, and. Then we don't see him for most of the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, I was really struggling to find like positive things about this movie. Sure. So another thing that I will say is about the treatment of the kid wheelchair, which is his actual nickname as listed in IMDb. Uh, his name is Tommy Wheelchair in quotes and last name, whatever. But the camp director comes up to him and goes like, so are you that one kid? And he's like, how many kids do you got in wheelchairs? And the camp director's like, that's not unfunny. And then they like razz each other a little bit. And after that, no one mentions really that he's yeah. in a wheelchair. Like as far as the other kids in the cabin go and with the counselor flash, it's like a non issue. It gets a little crazy at the end, but he, yeah, he they, even forgets he's in a wheelchair. Yes. But they treat him uh, completely normally. And that is nice. This is, yeah, this is uh, uh, two series in a row where somebody has to, Learn how to walk in order to advance the plot. Yeah, I don't know why he was in a wheelchair, but at the very least, they didn't treat him like a piece of shit the way that everyone treated that girl in Child's Play. <laughs> Ooh, she's in a wheelchair. She must be a mass you murderer. Can't, you, can't make, you can't make dinner? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, th- this movie is really weird because, it, 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 yeah, it introduces, introduces this kid and sets him up like... He's going to be the main character, like oh, well, this uh, the is main our... character of the kids, at right? Least. Like, yeah. well, we were like, oh, this is our Rudy. Like, we're yeah. going to follow this kid through the movie, and he, yeah, like Tyler says, totally disappears, and no one cares about him. Yeah, basically the entire movie. We get uh, a who's on first bit with two twins. This mm-hmm. is maybe the best part of the movie. The, it really the, is. The, it... the parents saying goodbye to their kids. Yeah, there's actually some funny jokes in here. Yeah. The who's on first thing was funny because it ends and like it, it keeps going and going and they're like, no, she's not your father. Uh, no, I'm not your dad. Uh, I'm your mom and all this stuff. And then it ends with her going like, no, he's not your father. And then everyone's like, oh, wait. Because <laughs> the twins are named like Barry and Larry. Barry and Larry yeah, or something. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. He's like, I'm not Barry. He's Barry. And also, I'm even Gary. though they are supposedly actually twins, they don't really look alike. No. Like, I don't yeah. think that they're identical. They weren't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was weird. And then there's they, this- were, they were easily distinguished. <laughs> there's this other girl that's like getting a lecture from her mom as they say goodbye and she's like now don't forget to write home dear and she's like mom you're living my life for me and she's like what are you talking about and he's like these postcards are already written <laughs> which i thought was kind of funny this this mom and daughter thing was probably my favorite scene in the entire movie because it cuts back to it every couple of minutes and the second time i go back to it she says like no don't do uh don't do any drugs and she's like but what if i just want to experiment with some weed she's like well don't pay for it yeah yeah. it was so weird because like this this part of the movie was actually kind of funny and like the way it was happening made me feel like oh they got like uh you know some Writer who failed to write the jokes for Airplane, but kind of had the right vibe right. and brought it in here. And I was like, oh, maybe this movie will actually have some funny parts. Uh, and then it didn't. But <laughs> that was sadly about it's the a, only yeah, part. It's like, it's like that last ray of light before the door slams on the basement. There's actually, you're like, oh, uh, no. There's actually one other funny part of child abuse that I thought was hilarious, even though it's uh, child abuse. Mm-hmm. But um, We'll talk about that later. Yeah, and I did like the mother and daughter's last joke, which is like, 
don't sleep with any boys or whatever. And she's yeah. like, uh, well, well, why not? What's wrong with that? She's like, they never want it when you want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They only want one thing. Well, what's wrong with yeah. that? They never want it when you want it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a solid joke. Yes, so. it was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so then we meet the other camp who is not just rich this time, but they're military guys. <laughs> it's like Camp Patton or something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, something Where dumb. outdoor living molds killers is what it says on the side. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh, okay. Which I was like, at least they're being honest. Yeah. Uh, and this is where, like, yeah, you, you see this introduction. These kids are at like, basically like a boot camp, and they're, like, learning to bayonet people right. and stuff. <laughs> and there's this, like... There's this like head colonel or whatever, and as he's walking into his like office, there's these kids outside the office practicing karate, and the one kid like goes to attack him, and he just goes yeah, like knocks him to the ground, and the kid falls like flat in his face, and it looks so ridiculous. I mean, obviously, like this is awful. You don't want to be hitting children, but the way it played out in the show, uh, the movie was so over the top. I just like laughed for that moment, and it was like that was awful. But I laughed. That grown man just kicked the shit out of that <laughs> yeah, little boy. He's probably <laughs> totally knocked out. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, well, and everything I hate at to that be... camp was awful massively predictable but this is exactly where the movie completely loses me yeah. because we meet the character um played by john larroquette he's mm-hmm. like sergeant somewhere foxglove sergeant felix foxglove right yeah um and he is uh awful I don't know how to even describe it. It's like the worst, most unfunny stereotype of a gay man mm-hmm. in the 80s that it's, you've like ever seen. It's like what someone would be like after they first found out people were gay. Like They might be like, this is what they're like, right? Yeah. It's He's really bad. Constantly so like bad. flouncing like the um, limp wrist kind of movements around. Um, he has a closet full of dresses because, of course, all gay men just want to yeah. also wear dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, he reads like a porn magazine at some point. He was reading point. Vogue. Yeah. Oh, was it Vogue? Yeah. I didn't even see. Well, he covers it up from the other guy. And so then the the head guy is massively homophobic. And there's a couple of times where Foxglove will say something in the background and the other uh, guy in charge will be like, I heard a lisp, I heard a lisp, oh my god, like, we gotta do something about this, and then the guy will talk in a normal voice after that. Yeah, he, I mean, I'm not gonna say it, but he even uses, like, you know, gay slurs when he says, I heard, he's like, I don't like that whatever crap, you know, when he says that first time he's looking yeah. for a lisp. Does he say the F word? No, he says the H word. Oh, yeah. but And they I also mean, say fruit yeah. a lot, yeah. which is not a bad word, so they we'll say, say lots it, of, but they say fruits yeah, yeah, yeah. many times. I just times. don't want to be repeating that. Yeah. In the in the the same way the movie does, um, yeah, it's really bad. And then they there was like a weird, like they do it a second time in his office, and then he like the the colonel guy also makes a lisp, and they do a weird like look at the camera. You remember this? Yes. I like I was like, are they playing that? It's rubbing off on him or something? Like it was just super weird. This whole thing It is horrible. The portrayal was like awful, and I was like. Was this an acting decision? Was this in the script? Like, I don't know. Like, I tried to do a bunch of research on, like, John Larroquette to find out if he's just, like, a hateful, awful person or if maybe they, like, made him do this. I don't know. He's, like, super libertarian, but he's he's played other homophobic characters, but he's also played gay characters who weren't that bad. And, like, he's worked with other, like... Uh, gay actors that are like recently that are respected like Eric McCormick or you know mm-hmm. whatever um, I don't know I tweeted at him and I was like uh, looking back what did you think about your character in Meatballs Part 2 oh yeah he's totally gonna respond so we'll to that. see I'm sure he <laughs> we'll will see. respond we'll, we're standing by so I mean how many tweets is he really getting come on yeah fair. <laughs> he has he has a whole fan group the Larroquettes um and <laughs> it's just awful. This whole thing is awful. It's really bad. And so you think, okay, well now we're locked into like under like a dodgeball type story where it's like underdog kids, military kids, we're gonna go against each other. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they have an annual boxing match. Right. Champ of the lake. Champ. And then some uh the the Indians are gonna Selva Lake. There's oh a Native American tribe that is just oh like it's a Mexican guy, first of all. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this Mexican guy played uh, Native Americans many, many times. Yes. yes. I was uh, like, he looks familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So he um, he's going to sell the lake to the military camp for money. Right. 
Yeah, not before, you know, splouting off a bunch of more stereotypes and awful things in his one scene that he has. Yeah, they do yeah. how when they do all sorts of stupid And he shit. does a, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the colonel has like a, one of those oh, horrible yeah. jokes that I'm not even yeah. going to repeat. It's yeah. just terrible. It's terrible. If you watch it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so and he is, laughs like it's the funniest thing. This is the part of the movie where it, the movie loses confidence in itself in terms of the story it's trying to tell. And it's just like, ah, uh, what's popular? What else is happening right now? And it's like, oh, Rocky. And uh, uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, E.T. E.T. Let me, Both are big movies. Let me tell you what's happening here. Hold okay. on. Yeah. Let's set this up. Okay. Everyone at the camp has like got all settled. We meet we meet the other camp. Now suddenly it's nighttime. You're like, oh, we're gonna get a nice night scene at the camp. Yeah. We're, we're looking at the lake. We see the camp in the distance. Oh, it looks pretty. Then all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, <laughs> yep. a UFO, like a giant fucking fake looking UFO, <laughs> comes over the trees, and I'm sitting there watching this movie like, what the yeah. fuck is happening? <laughs> It was like, a, are you serious? Yeah, and then I was, like, I was like, okay, maybe this is about to get good. <laughs> yeah, and this UFO, like, I mean, it actually looks kind of cool, like they made a prop or something. And it comes out, and it zooms up at the screen like you're watching a 3D movie, comes all the way at you, and then zooms back. And uh, there's a full alien. It's in the scene. forest. It's very uh, close encounters y with the lights, like, flying around, which mm-hmm. is fine. Um but yeah, then, except except for the Jewish stereotypes yeah. that emerge from the show. Yeah, I was like, why is this happening? Yeah. Why is this alien like a Jewish grandpa? Because I think it's a direct dig at Spielberg. It's I oh, uh, I hope not. God, it's just really? awful. Ugh. I thought, I I thought they were just it's, looking for like an overbearing parent trope, like Kyle's mom or something. Yeah, like, I think yeah. That, yeah. I it's know, just bad. I yeah, I read it the other way, and I was like, ooh. He says, yeah. It's just so basically, like, these alien parents are just dropping their kid off at a human at Earth summer camp. camp. Yeah, yeah, so that he can get his like Earth inner merit space badge. merit badge yeah. or whatever. And they just leave him in the woods with a raincoat so that the people don't have to build his whole body for the entire movie. Yeah, and they act they act like uh, <laughs> they act like this is totally normal. Like you're gonna love this camp. Yeah, people come here all the time, kind of thing. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you like didn't have thing? aliens at your summer camp? No. Yeah. Yeah. Must have gone to a bad I one. I think if aliens were at my summer camp, people would have noticed. So we only get one cabin of young boys that's run by Flash. Yeah. yeah. And then we have the cabin of girl counselors, uh, the main character of which is uh, Kim Richards, who uh, is on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills now. Mm. Um, who the entire movie, I was like, she's an alien for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Because she makes no sense in this movie. Well, I guess it was supposed to be like a joke about how she was in the Escape to Witch Mountain movies. She starred in those movies as a little kid. And so in the beginning, when the other girl asks her, like, what are you from another planet? She says, like, kind of or whatever, you know, like, I guess that's supposed to be a joke. But, yeah, it doesn't connect to the other alien. It's so weird. She's very strange throughout this whole movie. It's like they're trying to act like she's homeschooled or something. She doesn't yeah. know what a dick is. She doesn't know like anything. Or a pinky. Yeah. As they insist on calling oh, it. Oh god, that made me so sick. Yeah. I thought that was really gross. Um they keep saying like the whole movie they refer to dicks as pinkies. Yeah. And because there's only the way, white dicks. The way <laughs> <laughs> The way <laughs> The way they say it is just so yeah, even that's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really like infantile and weird and it just kind of grossed me out that it was like just say dick like yeah I guess it's PG PG or like so like wiener or yeah, like, like PP or anything PG like he just made it it was just like ew it was just like a gross <laughs> word to, to yeah, describe like, you've a never penis. seen a you've never seen a pinky yeah and they're and like then, we're going to make her get a pinky and it's like what the <laughs> stop it is that was that a common I hope not. <laughs> like I know what they were talking about because of the context, but I'm like, I don't think I've heard. If that. you're stuck in the '80s, give us a call right now. now the number yeah. is two two five 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 five. That might be a real number. It could be. Except I think I said two. What is it? One eight hundred spank me from the Santa Claus movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I just really didn't. That it was like making me cringe uh, throughout the movie. That I haven't watched it yet. This is completely off topic, but apparently there's a phone number that you can call from this season of Stranger, the season three of Str- Stranger Things that's embedded in there that has Ooh. some some story content. 
Oh. I should find it. Um, hot tip. Hot tip. <laughs> Have you ever uh, looked at pinkies in the magazine? Oh, no, but I would say a hot tip is probably a better phrase <laughs> than pinky. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. It was very strange. And the 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 like also, head female counselor is like obsessed with making sure nobody sees any pinkies. Yeah, yet her and her boyfriend keep trying to find places to like have sex where no one's going to walk in on them. This is another of the. Uh, it's a recurring gag. Yeah, another it's of not very funny. Terrible. There's so many terrible recurring gags in this movie, and that is one of them. That is just really dumb. Let's, let's run through all the ways that their their lovemaking gets foiled. Apparently, she is so freaked out about getting caught even kissing someone. Right. Like, it's just really strange. Well, and he's also unable to see her as a human person. And so he keeps referring to her in the plural, like, for her boobs. Yeah. And she's always she's like, like, but I really love them. And, and she's like, oh, fuck. I love you. Yeah. yeah. And, then she, and then she, like, slaps him. Or he says, like, I know somewhere that just the four of us can be alone. And she's <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, I mean, the yeah. two of us. Like, And I still don't know what the fourth thing is. Like, <laughs> like him, the two boobs, and Pinky her. and the brain. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess. I don't no, know. No. <laughs> just dumb. Just dumb. They try to get it out in the woods. And they think there's a bear. There's a whole, like, Mulan, <laughs> skinny dipping, like, bear hijinks uh, scene happening. They try to make out in a closet and they get caught. Yeah. Mm. Poor girl just gets caught everywhere. Yeah. And apparently they got caught, like, last summer and everyone was taking photos. That was that was the main That was the main thing. Which I guess would make sense. And so Camp Sasquatch is being run by Coach Giddy, who is apparently just a boxing coach. I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's like supposed to look like the guy from Rocky, right? He's yeah. just like an old man, and he's not much of a camp counselor. Actually, okay, yeah. So, like, yeah, he's like he's head of this camp. He has a rivalry with uh, the colonel, whatever. There is one joke in this that I find kind of funny. Oh. That there's a, there's a French cook. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Who I did not like the this either. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of like Coach Giddy comes in and yells at him like don't make anything fancy like and so it seemed like that he was making like creme brulees and things like that but then it just gets devolves into like he keeps trying to kill horses yeah he's getting the delivery from like Bison Steakhouse or yeah. whatever and it's like there's it's just like this weird scene when the it's a the, fake plastic horse yeah the <laughs> the colonel is like arguing with Giddy and yeah. In the side, he's just, like, trying to load a horse onto a gurney. It's, like, fucking weird. And then later, he sees the chef, like, petting his horse. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. So weird. And he's, like, yeah, this is, like, stereotypical <laughs> French guy. Like, oh, I'm cooking. Oh. And he's, like, this fat dude eating hot dogs later. I, it's just so stupid. <laughs> no, so dumb. It makes no sense. And then Paul, like, okay, so Giddy is going to sell his land on the camp to like some hippie tribe and that makes the colonel mad. The Hare Krishnas. Them, so yeah, but like, it was it was Paul Rubens, right? Paul right. Rubens, it, it was totally fake, right? Yeah. Who comes in like a Dalai Lama kind of robe and then tells the colonel that he loves him and the colonel freaks out because gay. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, well no, you can't well yeah, because yeah. <laughs> also the colonel he's, the colonel has allegedly ordered a submarine for the lake. He's a religious bigot and also homophobic, yeah. Right. By the way, that actor was like in a weird kind of like a Kabbalah, Scientology kind of religion, oh, uh, like not cult, but I don't know what it, some sort of weird doctrine that he was like super into. So. Good for way, way <laughs> too good for him. <laughs> way to portray your beliefs on screen. Yeah, um, yeah. So it all leads up to this whole like they're gonna bet lake versus camp at the Champ of the Lake. Lake Champlain. Lake Champlain. <laughs> um, but that's at the end of the movie. First, we got to talk more about this alien. <laughs> we didn't like, get to his name. We hear it. Yeah. We, we joked about the, it in the beginning. We hear the alien, uh, alien family in the beginning, their first scene talking full on English, no problem. Yeah. When we meet the alien, when the kids discover the alien, yeah. he can't speak or he says first something in a different language. And then suddenly he, he acts like he's learning to speak English. Right. The one kid goes, me, Ted, what's your name? And clearly to anyone who's paying a fuck attention, the alien just repeats him and says, me, Ted. And the guy, the one kid goes, did he say me, Ted? 
And then it goes, me, Ted. And then... His name's fucking Meathead. Yeah, I think his name is Meathead. Hey, so Meathead, what's up? Where are you from? Are you from space? Oh, uh, what I was going to say, I was like, the movie movie before anything, at the very beginning, opens up like a space production. And I was like, like, what a dumb studio name. That's so stupid. A space production? That sounds hilarious. How did I know? uh, Like, how wrong I was. Like, it makes sense. It all makes Makes sense. sense. Um, Let me put in some child star check-ins, because if I don't start doling them out, we're going to be here all night. That's true. Throw them in. Yeah. So Ted of Meet Ted uh, was like the kid with the freckles, um, Chad Sheets, and uh, he did a few more movies, but then he died at age 26 of colon cancer. Yikes. Sorry, Chad. And then some of the other boys uh, (laughs) in the cabin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Moving right along. We've got Butterball, uh, Scott Neems, who's like kind of the chubbier kid. He's not really that chubby, but um, seriously, as of eight hours ago, according to Deadline, he's just been named the executive vice president of development and current programming at Universal Content Productions. Uh, Holy he's the executive producer. No, sadly, no. It's uh, they handle uh, certain TV shows for NBC Universal. Um, he's the executive producer on uh, both Hannah's, the old movie and the TV show now. Oh, and he what? the 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 division that he's taking over uh, is in charge of the Act, uh, the Umbrella Academy, and other shows. Um, he went to USC. And he, in 1993, he opened a no alcohol club called Spiral West. Okay, all of that sounds cool except the last one. Sorry. <laughs> you had me up until no alcohol. But, like, imagine my surprise when I, like, Google this guy and it's, like, in news, like, eight hours ago, <laughs> yeah. deadline, Scott Neems named executive vice president. I was like, what? That's, this can't uh, be right. And it was totally right. That's pretty impressive. Good way for go, you, Scott. Go. Yeah, way yeah. Go, Scott. And, way, to, way to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. Yes. Um, so then we got Steve, who kind of ends up being the main kid instead of wheelchair. Uh, Steve is Jason Hervey, who uh, becomes Wayne, the older brother from the Wonder yeah, this Years. Is the one kid I recognize. Yeah. Um, who? So yeah, he had a lot of success as that, and then he really leaned into it later during the like VH1 retrospective days. Right. And he was like, "Yeah, whatever, I'll come make fun of myself." You know, he did a lot of reality shows, whatever. But he's actually super, super successful and rich because he produces specials for WWE. He's a producer. For oh them. shit! Oh yeah, good and job. And then wheelchair, David Hollander, Tommy wheelchair. Uh, he was in airplane. Um, and then he... Who did he play in Airplane? I, I think don't he was, know. No, I think he was a the kid, kid who was... He's the kid in the... the, the like, he's like wrestling? Oh, that's, I've only seen it like that's once. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's I him. was hoping he was that kid. Yeah, yeah. and he did a little so bit more funny. acting, um, but he's kind of been all over the place. He was the music supervisor of Black Dynamite. Uh, he was a researcher for Collateral, the Michael Mann movie. Okay. And um, he what was a writer slash producer, everything for The Guardian on CBS and other such shows. I've heard of that show. Yeah. No, I, haven't. I don't know. I think it was on for like four or five years. Huh. It's one of those CBS shows for old people that we've probably <laughs> right. never heard of, but like made a bajillion dollars. Yeah. The and then my girlfriend watches all of them. No. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah. And so just to wrap up the young boys, we'll talk about meat head. Just wrap, wrap up, up the, the young boys. boys. Uh, I didn't mean it like wrap, that. Wrap up the boys. Uh, the person that is inside the body of meathead is felix sia the coolest person in this movie yeah and he uh is most famous for being cousin it in mm-hmm. all of the original Adam family awesome. things and then the voice was just another one of the kids he's um, also an ewok yes not the ewok but an a- ewok yeah now uh the guy who did the voice wasn't he also like the um adult the other adult the male adult dude he was Archie Jamie. Han. Jamie, yeah. Which one's Jamie? Was he the Was he the adult guy with Fanny? Maybe I couldn't. I, think he I was. couldn't figure out yeah, what I the names were. I, think I just he was. knew he was another guy in the movie that yeah. didn't do the any other acting of after. Is terrible, terrible. Can you I do feel... an impression of it? Me, te- I did earlier. Oh, top yeah. of the show. <laughs> hey. Well, sorry guys. Yeah. You want to give me a Big Mac? Big Mac? <laughs> Big Mac? Mac and me? Yeah, you know, I'm just here uh, having a fun. Oh, uh, yeah, I should probably go practice uh, walking around things. 
Oh yeah, he, much keeps, what he keeps walking like. through doors and through walls and scaring the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's all he does is walk through walls, uh, smoke pot, and walk through trees. Oh yeah, yeah, he does smoke pot with Flash at one point. He there smokes, was a ridiculous scene where yes. he smokes pot. Yeah, and he gets literally high. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so Flash like gets in the room by himself, takes one drag of this, uh, you know, piece of pot. That's what they're called, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a pass, pass me that piece. He's got that blunt. He takes one smoke of it. And then all of a sudden, this alien walks to the wall. And he's right. like, what the fuck? My high is shit right now. Yeah. Uh, and then the... <laughs> <laughs> the boys have already been, like, hiding him as part of the cabin <laughs> right. for, like, weeks yeah. at this point. We find that out. part when he says, like, yeah, I've been here for weeks. I was like, what? I thought this was, like, the same thing. I know. It I made mean, it seem like it was the third day of no, camp. Like, it certainly felt like weeks so far <laughs> in this movie. This scene, I guess, is foreshadowing for later. <laughs> but I didn't think about that till just now. But he, like, takes the... He doesn't grab the blunt out of his hand. He floats it, like... Again, like it's like we're watching he's a fucking three D movie. Yeah, he's like, the, give the me that sticky icky. Comes out the screen, <laughs> floats around, and lands right in his fingers. And he takes one puff, and his eyes go red, like a he, fucking cool guy. Yeah, like he knows exactly what he's doing. He does he wanted to try drugs? Unlike any other time in this movie, he's like totally like I know Earth customs, and like Tyler said, he floats a few inches up in the air. He does, and then back down. He gets high. And uh, that's it. The jig is up. Everyone in the camp knows there's an alien there now, right? No. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, because he just starts being everywhere with them. Yeah, and, like, totally not hiding. Or but anything. nobody else cares. They just think there's a gray boy with, in a rain suit. Can we talk? <laughs> yeah, they basically do, like, an E.T. wannabe thing. Yeah. He's got, like, the head of E.T., but, like, a wider top half of the body. I don't know how to describe it. He has, a, he has the head of E.T. If, like, I tried to make E.T. in my backyard. Yeah, out of, like, yeah, it's a like, it's like in, an elongated. in an afternoon. Yeah. The kids are like, hey, Meathead, why are you wearing a raincoat? And he's like, it's gonna rain. <laughs> it's about to rain. It's gonna rain. It's about to rain today. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. Uh, and then he walks through a tree. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, uh, this whole um, fuck. Do we talk about this stupid boomer guy? No, okay. <laughs> no, we can't. Another. There's terrible... a guy named Boomer. There's a guy named Flash. They're both Italian meatheads. One <laughs> yeah, supposedly... but Boomer has like mental deficiencies. Yeah, Boomer is like <laughs> really bad. Yeah, but um, there's a part where they beat him up for being stupid. <laughs> the 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 whole thing is like. This is fucked up because, like, this okay, movie is so mean spirited. Yeah, it's really fucked up. So they they send. Um, so okay, in in Meatballs one during the Olympia, there's all these fun like, oh, the other camp is like sabotaging the games, and then yeah, they, they sabotage do like them darts back. and like you know distractions. No, this one since it's a military camp, they send one of the guys over to. Basically, to murder. murder. To and the introduction to this. Because <laughs> okay. Boomer is supposed to be the one boxing. This is another part that I thought was funny. There's like a third camp, camp counselor at the camp where his introduction is all of a sudden you hear a bunch of gunfire, like <laughs> pow, 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 pow. And he comes in from outside holding the gun. He's like, I thought I told you kids not to smoke. No smoking in the camp. And he's holding a gun like he just shot at a bunch of kids, <laughs> which I thought. Again, you know, child abuse, but an over-the-top, ridiculous, unbelievable. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is the most frustrating about this movie is you can tell that the writers know what comedy is. Yeah, every like once they, in a while. Every once in a while, like mm-hmm. it's like they can get a setup for a joke. Like they, it's like okay, like I see what's happening here, and they fuck it up every time. Yeah, and so this guy who's clearly violent gets sent on a mission to. You know, do whatever it takes to take down this dude. And not only does he go by himself, he brings a bunch of kids with him. <laughs> and the one kid, they're, they're like watching him outside his window. And the one kid like looks like he's got a fucking sniper rifle. And he's like, you want me to take him out, boss? <laughs> and they're like, what are you? He's like, cool it, man, cool it. And they, he drops a bunch of brass knuckles, which I guess is better. And they like lure him into the bushes and beat the shit out of him. Yeah. 
I thought he was going to be dead, but I guess... And this is all happening at the same time as the counselor's making out, the other guy trying to skinny dip to make out with the girl, the other girl's hiding in the tree to try to see his you-know-what. Okay, this girl, I don't care if she was homeschooled, she doesn't fucking know what the big dipper is at all. No, she did. She was thought. She thought they were talking about the stars, literally. Yeah, but she seemed like and he she thought didn't it was euphemistic. It was, she was like, "What? I well, to no, see yeah." It. How they set it up? How they set it up? They're just like, "Yeah." He thinks that they're going skinny dipping. She thinks they're going stargazing. Yeah, because this other girl Hi-jinks has arranged the whole thing, which I'm like, "Are they even friends?" Because she keeps trying to help her see a penis, but like only in mean ways. Yeah, and there's this really right. creepy thing about the one girl being proud that she saw her brother's penis or something. Uh, yeah. And she's like, yeah. wait, isn't, she fi- isn't he five? And she's like, no, he's six. And I'm like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> what the fuck is that line about? <laughs> what? I think, I think that the movie is trying to put the hypothesis out there is that that six-year-old had a big dick. <laughs> I guess. I just don't get it. I don't get why they had that. In there. Oh, I'm going to regret having that on tape. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, this girl, uh, what was her name again? Um, Nancy. Nancy. Played she, by Tammy Taylor, not the character from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> she, she is just, like, so oblivious about, like, literally everything. Yes. Oh, no, movie. that character. That's, that's, I thought you were talking about the mean girl. Oh, no. The, the other main, one is Kim Richards. I don't remember her name. In the the main girl, Kim Richards. Oh, she, her name is Cheryl. In her name is, yeah. Oh, yeah, Cheryl, yeah. But she's just so, like, completely oblivious about everything. Yeah. That it made, like, I was just like, what? This is why I thought for sure she was an alien or something. She escaped which mountain? Yeah, but then by the end of the movie, it turns out like she's a super good kisser, and or at least it looks like it. And uh, I was just like, I I don't buy that character doing that thing at the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, so I just didn't understand her character throughout this entire film. I'm sorry, Kim Richards. You know what? You know what else I don't buy at the end of this movie? A boxing match where a man in a dress flies. Yeah, yes. let's get to the <laughs> boxing match because it goes on for a, it's like a third of the movie. I love that if you try to explain this movie to someone who's never seen it, like we're doing right now, you're probably like. They're making this shit up. This movie does not end with a guy in a dress flying around a room, <laughs> punching a giant dude in the face. And how? Why, how is he flying? Because aliens. Yeah. Where? Where? While a grown man is trying to kill everybody in the building with, with a, a grenade. grenade. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not. This is not a real movie and, that came out in theaters and made only five million dollars. This is not a so movie. That's surprisingly a lot, though, for this movie. Gross. Is that though. adjusted or not adjusted? That's not adjusted. But the first movie made forty million, so it's still how it, how much could it have cost to make this? Not much. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem it probably not. Much. How much is a fuck ton of plaster of Paris in a raincoat? <laughs> <laughs> times three. Times three. For one scene. <laughs> yeah, so we get to... Okay, so yeah, the other the other thing... Okay, this made no sense. Made no this movie, right? sense. The other mission it that this should be violent, called Second Helping. The other mission that this violent dude gets sent on is to go kidnap someone. And he kidnaps Flash. Right. And Flash gets kidnapped. He's over at the other camp. But he's still able to just leave and he's naked because he got kidnapped while skinny dipping and when he wakes up the only clothes he can find are foxglove's office but it's just like so was the only point of that so that he would be wearing a dress somehow i think just so he would be late and like they thought he wasn't going to show up at all it was more dramatic for him to be in a dress and late yeah i get i guess um but like (laughs) why would they kidnap someone and then make it totally unaware to anyone that he was well they're not going to miss the champ of the lake it's the biggest event of the summer. Yeah, but I thought the whole point was that they were going to like hold him ransom and try to like f- make them forfeit the fight or something. Yeah. It's the it's the champ of the lake, Justin. I yeah. Well, he escapes <laughs> and he puts on a dress because that's so funny. Yeah, it's real funny. I thought it was not funny at all. <laughs> I just watched this clip of um Billy um is his name Billy Boyd, the guy from American Horror Story and um those Pose. Billy Boyd, isn't that the guy from uh, Lord of the Rings? Oh, maybe. Billy something. Anyways. Um, Porter. Billy Porter. Sorry. And uh, yeah, he was, he did this interview where he's like, people like freaked out because I wore a dress to the Oscars and like in a serious way, like not as a joke, you know, it's not like a Trey Parker situation, but yeah. he was basically like, people need to get over it. Everyone can wear whatever they want. He was like, people, you need to face it. Jesus wore a dress. You can call it a robe if you want, but men wore dresses. Like it was such a good clip. Anyways. 
So yeah, he's wearing a flu- fluffy black shiny sequin dress. And then Foxglove's like, "That's mine." Yeah, and it's my terrible. dress. Don't get my dress. Yeah, it's just awful. It's just awful. really bad. Um, and I, and it, yeah. Also, the, the, if that dress fit uh, Flash so well, there's no way it's fitting John Larroquette, who's yeah. like <laughs> extremely tall. Yeah, yeah, and he's fighting this guy called Mad Dog, who apparently only eats raw meat and is held yeah, in a cage. In a cage. Yeah. Because that's how you know he's good at boxing. Yeah. It was funny. Like, you know, <laughs> there were some scenes. This guy, the whole time, is just supposed to be like, ah, I'm going to kill you. And there were some scenes where it looked like he was having a hard time keeping that up. <laughs> yeah, no, he got, he got tired. Where he's just like, he got oh, a do tired. I still have to be angry at this moment? Uh. Um, and then uh, Flash proceeds to get his ass kicked. <laughs> Yeah, like, he's the not. It goes about. on for he's, so long. They're like, we got to make the movie ninety minutes. Like, keep this fight going way more than it's it like, should. If the whole thing was we got to kidnap him. Like, this kid has a chance. Like, blah blah blah. And it's like, no, he can't box. He's and bad. It, and is this how boxing works, Tyler? No. If the the guy goes down the first round. He gets the bell gets rung, but if he wins the second round, he wins the entire thing. <laughs> is that how it works? No, what they're trying to say is that the round ended, but if it's a youth boxing match and he got knocked down like that, it'd be like, no, this is over. Also, I'm curious, how many times does someone get uppercut into the air and out of the ring? Does that happen a lot <laughs> in Vegas, Tyler? Only once. <laughs> uh, there was a part two where Flash, because he is so much smaller than Mad Dog, basically just like leaps onto him and holds on, and everyone's like, "Okay, uh, yeah. like, <laughs> also illegal." <laughs> yeah, there's some stupid line about like this is about fighting, not loving, or something. Oh yeah, he says, "Make war, not love." <sighs> and then, well, Flash is on his ass. Meathead levitates him. It's so stupid. And he flies it's around a, literally. Yeah, no, and you think you think it's just like oh, it's just it's just it's just helping him get up. It's just helping yeah. him get up. And it's like everyone's gonna rally behind him and he's gonna now fight for his own. But nope, he just starts flying he, around. He flies full around. on like Kathy Rigby, exactly. Peter Pan status. And he's like, even like making poses like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then just like like dashing in to punch this dude in the face. And it's just like he's what not the ever fuck? once being like what the fuck is going on? How am I flying? He's yeah. just like yeah, I'm doing this. And it's unclear and if he's, he's controlling the, the flying or if Meathead is. Like, Meathead's clearly levitating him, but it seems like Flash has control of I think flying. They, sh- they show Meathead using his hand every once in a while. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. And then the lieutenant sees Meathead, and he's like, aliens, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, like that was a plausible explanation. <laughs> and he, then he goes for a live grenade, and then a wheelchair has And then to- a miracle happens. <laughs> that nobody acknowledges in any way. A miracle. miracle. Meathead's sorry, not Meathead. Wheelchair. wheelchair stands. He stands up. Okay, I was like, is this something? No, this isn't possible. Yeah, he he like makes it look like he's just trying to like somehow balance on his legs, but I just don't he full on stance. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this isn't right. He stands and falls over, and he knocks over the grenade, and yeah. then Meathead at that point sees the grenade from under the bleachers and levitates it out of the room. And kills the colonel. Because if I'm not mistaken, he's not in the rest of the movie, right? Or is no, he, he gets taken away in an ambulance. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Sadly, he's not dead. He has a cartoon explosion. Yeah. <laughs> he has to get in a few more homophobic slurs before they take him away. Oh, right, right, so. right. And then, uh, mercifully, Coach Giddy, they get Camp Sasquatch gets to endure, and then this movie ends. Let's go back on child star or just really young adult star check-in for the boxing match. Um, Eddie, who is Flash's, like, you know, right-hand man, I guess, or sidekick. I don't know what you'd even call him. He's in two scenes. Yeah, uh, that's actor Ralph Seymour, and he is the speech and debate and drama teacher at St. Rita's Catholic School, which is about 12 miles from where we are right now. So, oh. every, Sierra Madre. Day, so every day in that class, he's like, when I was in Meatballs Part 2. <laughs> uh, apparently he I was in a few time. other things, oh, like okay. Empire of the Sun, and he had a couple other roles. So, oh, okay, fair um, enough. Fair enough. But yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one, Donald Gibb, who was Mad Dog. I guess he played Ogre in Revenge of the Nerds. Which I have okay. not seen, so maybe you know who that is. Nope. Um, but he is best friends with the owner of Trader Todd's in Chicago. Have you ever been there? 
No. Okay. Well, anyways, apparently it's a popular Chicago he's bar. Best friends with <laughs> <He's> the owner <laughs> because he's, he's frequently. Best. How did you find out this information? Because friend? he's always making appearances there, and they're constantly like using him to promote. Did you the place. ask if they're best friends? Uh, he specifically said in an article, "No, I don't own the bar. He's just my best friend." Oh, okay. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Or maybe he's a like, good friend. Confirmed close with enough. journalism. Yeah. <laughs> and then Flash, John Mangotti. Um, he was in a few other movies. I'm not really sure. Maybe he was like he produced a couple of things after, but I can tell you that right now, him and his wife Lisa Nash Jones, who is a makeup artist uh, on The Office and lots of uh, the long running Disney Channel shows, uh, they have a three bedroom, two bathroom in Eagle Rock that is exactly like the midpoint between my house and your house. Oh, snap. So when I was driving here, I went up to the door. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I knocked on the door. Why isn't he here right now? I know. No, I did not do that. But uh, He is. Oh, yeah. here he comes. <laughs> it's uh, weird because a lot of times when you're searching for the people's name, if you put the spouse name in, then you get property selling uh, records so that's why that's i know like their know. home address creepily that's good that's know. horrifying protect your information out there people all i know is that i was excited that richard mulligan was in oliver and company that's all i cared about <laughs> <laughs> he played the great dane einstein uh, that's, that's yeah, right seen the movie. that's right Oh, yeah, and also Misty Rowe, who played Fanny, uh, they forced her to wear a heavily padded bra for the entire movie, so she didn't even really look like that. Oh, good. Um, but she was married to a guy uh, that I knew from One Life to Live, the soap opera, and he left her for his co-star from One Life to Live, <laughs> and I remember when they got married. That's sad. That's sad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I have to imagine, you know, like, when this movie was going on, um, I was like, oh man, they are like, you know, the last movie we kind of, I, we didn't talk about it that much, maybe a little bit. Um, but we talked about how, uh, the movie was kind of a mess when they were first editing it together. And the, the trope of like the Bill Murray voiceover announcements kind of like saved them with all these like, kind of like interludes between scenes and stuff. And this movie for most of it, I was like, wow, this really feels just like random fucking sketch scenes. Knit together with no plot <laughs> or yeah. like the thinnest of plots. Well, it felt like a pr- really bad precursor to Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in a way. And there was a moment where I was like, oh, wow, they really like, uh, you know, early on when it's going to be like, oh, the kids and the alien. I was like, oh, wow, they went like super far into the, like, this is a kid's movie. But then it like forgets about the alien subplot for most of the movie and goes back to this whole flash and and Cheryl and flash boxing. Is he going to box or is he not going to box? Is he too cool to box? <laughs> is he too cool to box? Where I'm from, I don't wear gloves to fight. To I don't know. What did he say? Something he said something like about that. that. Like, we don't get dressed up for a fight. Yeah. I don't do volunteer work. Oh, damn. man. Uh, well, let me do the last child star check-in <gasps> because it leads into a game. Games! Which I've oh never made God. before, so I finally made one. The first Ela's game! Yeah! yeah. Um, so the mother and daughter scene, which we talked about, was my mm-hmm. personal favorite scene from the movie. Um, or bit, rather, because I guess it was split up. But the mother was played by Elaine Boozler, who's a pretty famous um, New York female Jewish comedian. Uh, she recently uh, guest starred on the last season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as the mom's friend and did a whole yes. number about uh, about camp, actually, Elaine about summer Bruce camp. going to be there. Yeah, yeah, they did a whole song of their summer camp song 50 years later. Uh, so that's kind of funny. But the daughter was played by Nancy Glass. And so that brings us to our game, which is called Mr. Sparkle Glass. <laughs> so Nancy Glass uh, went on to be a television reporter and host for shows like um, Inside Edition, and mm-hmm. she like hosted mm-hmm. the Miss America pageant. She hosted a bunch of other like um, docu series uh, on other channels. Then she stopped being in front of the camera to go behind the camera and she started glass entertainment group productions and they make a number of shows reality shows for uh channels like investigation discovery a and e those shows sure and so our game today is that i will read you the name of a reality series and you Mm. must tell me if it is a real show produced by nancy glass Mm. or 
a fake show from The Simpsons. Okay. Man, this uh, this game is so obscure. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Let's do so it. I have five for each of you. Who okay. wants to go first? Mr. Simpsons should... No, uh, I'll go first. Okay. okay. So you can show me up afterwards. <laughs> okay. Having knowledge of The Simpsons will only be like very, very possibly slight advantage, maybe no advantage at all. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's play Mr. Sparkle Glass or Mr. Sparkle Glass. More, uh, <laughs> Good old fishbowl. <laughs> yes. Okay, so your first reality show title, and you can just say real or fake, is Space Pirates. Real. Woo-hoo! Oh! You got that one right. Wait, what is Space Pirates about? <laughs> I don't know, but it's a real <laughs> I was, show. I was just guessing it must be real. I wonder, I wonder if it's like a realtor, like... Like it's like oh, la- it's like land, like, like it's like space. Like space is in like an. I don't area. think so because the picture was of space, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, anyway, very blown to the wind. Number two, to so the that's space wind. So that's one point. Number two, monkey trauma center. Um, fake. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're doing you're doing pretty good so far. Oh man, maybe this game wasn't as hard as I thought. <laughs> Nobody needs to see monkey trauma center. <laughs> okay, your next one is. <laughs> Lawn and order. Uh, I'm gonna say real show. That's <laughs> a real show produced by Nancy Glass. Okay. Damn, what's that show about? <laughs> it's about uh, aggressive uh, home- homeowners associations. <laughs> Your lawn's out of order. All right, next one is let's kill mom. Uh, that's got to be fake. Don't. Damn it! <laughs> what? That How one is, is real. What? Let's kill mom. What? True crime. No. It's real. It's just about the Menendez is it brothers? Just a, is it just a story <laughs> show where they reenact? I Probably, yeah. It's mom all these are, like, are true crime things. Oh, all yes. Right. The mom killings. And your last one, number five, is tied to a bear. Tied to a bear? Uh, fake. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you got four out of five, so I guess Ooh. maybe it's not that hard. Hey, Tyler, had you win. recognized any of those from The Simpsons? I had. Okay. <laughs> then maybe this next round will be extremely easy for you. Let's find out. All right. So your first title is When Buildings Collapse. I feel like that's real. Oh. <laughs> that is from The Simpsons. <laughs> when buildings collapse. <laughs> Your next because there's so many shows where they're making fun of Fox. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Your next one is I can't believe they invented it. Oh God. That sounds like a Troy McClure thing, so I'm going to say fake. <laughs> yes, no, that one is fake from The Simpsons. All right. Your third one is My Dog Ate What? That's a real show. <laughs> it is real. Damn Have it. you actually heard of that show? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is real. Damn it. Next one is The Hunt for Hogzilla. God damn it. That's a real show. It is. It's real. You're like, I want so much for this not to be a real show. Nancy Glass, man. I hope I'm wrong, so... but it's a real show. All right. And finally, Too Pretty to Live. Moment of the- truth. Simpson show. Oh, that yeah. is a real show. <laughs> I'm the winner. Justin won. He got four out of five. Tyler got three out of five. You get the fishbowl. I had a tiebreaker prepared, but uh, what was the tiebreaker? Just for how many Emmys does Nancy Glass have? Oh my god! For reality, I was going to say Price is Right rules. Closest without going over. I'm going to say three, seven. It's six. So Justin wins. Ah, <laughs> I still win. <laughs> So that was our game, uh, Mr. Sparkly Glass. Thank you, Nancy Glass, the daughter who appears in one scene of this movie. <laughs> that's so that's weird. That's a very fun, that's a very fun game. That was when good. I was looking her up, I was like, these titles can't possibly be real. Which one, which one I, I thought was going to show up? What was it? It's like Fast Animals, Slow Children. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of good Simpsons ones. I had to pick the ones that were at least yeah. slightly close to right, being right. real. So. Oh, my God. Uh, well, I guess we have to, we're getting to the rating system. For the movie's over. The movie point. is over. The movie was over before it began. In case you guys were worried, at the end of the movie, the song from the beginning comes back. <laughs> in case you wanted to hear it again. Anyways, go on, Tyler. How many summer peaches would you give? Uh, I went ahead and gave this movie two summer peaches. <laughs> it was a rough year in the summer, and we only got 
two peaches out of it. Um, uh, yeah, this movie's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was hoping that it was going to be like so bad it's good, but it never really quite got there for me. Um, and I mean, I guess there's terrible movies that come out now too, but I was also kind of like, I can't believe this was in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can tell, like Elis said, uh, I mean, I didn't, I hadn't read that, uh, that this was just a, you know, this was like an existing movie that they just pasted meatballs on, but I am entirely not surprised. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just really unfortunate, uh, that I, I'm sure that people, um, you know, brought their kids to see the first meatballs and had fun. And I'm sure they were like down to come see the next one. And, uh, yeah, sorely disappointed. Yeah. It's just like cobbled together a bunch of nonsense. There's like four different movies crammed into one movie. Yeah. Uh, and it just does not work. The comedy is bad, save for like maybe one or two scenes. And uh, the acting is also just really rough. Yeah. I also will give it to Summer Peaches. Uh, I would have rather had apples. Um, <laughs> but it was so bad. I mean, it like it barely feels like there's a plot of a movie at all. It's almost it's just more like a bunch of bits kind of stitched together. There's really no character that like, has a arc barely like maybe flash but not really like uh yeah so it's just really bad and it's also horribly and stupidly offensive and whoever came up with that foxglove horrible character yeah i was like uh, i know we spent a lot of time talking about the problematic stuff in the last movie and we maybe didn't spend quite as much time in this movie, but it's because it was just overflowing with so much. The entire movie is a problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah you like, have racial stuff. You have weird, like child sex things, you yeah. have child abuse. And then the gay thing is just like, it was like every time these guys are on screen, that was the joke. Yeah. And it, it was, was the only joke. Just like, just, yeah, I can't recommend I think that, to watch yeah, this movie. Yeah, and, and there's we, no going like with this movie, you know, the last movie, you know, I was defending it as yeah, like, Yeah, oh, or we, we could movie. debate like yeah. what they had and, intended and, and, with that. And the, scene. And the reason exactly. that we were talking about it is because there's parts of it that are beloved and like right. people yeah. like like it's like it's 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 and this canon movie is in a just, lot of ways. It's like completely using these stereotypes only as fodder for awful jokes. It's entirely disposable. Like I'm gonna give it one Summer Peach. And I think that, like, this is the experience. I, I'm not a teacher, although I've done, you know, some tutoring and, and TA work. This is what it's like to have to grade a paper that you can tell that the student put together, like, his his term paper on the bus ride to school that morning. <laughs> like, it's just, like, they just scribble down. So, like, I've seen movies, like, uh, aliens and boxing. And, uh, <laughs> of course, speech. you were my teacher. Because I'm great at writing at the last minute. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> but, yeah, someone who's not, not a good, good writer. writer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. even Rocky gets into robots at yeah. that point, right? Yeah. But, like, it really does feel like, like, I know that you can't make a movie that way. It's not like they shot it all in one day, but it feels that way. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like, all right, we got a camp for one day. Let's just shoot a bunch of stuff. Like, it feels like I've seen 48-hour film projects that are better movies than this. Um, Well, we were saying, like, in the last one, at least almost all of the uh, named characters were redeemable. Like, it was only the no-name characters that were, like, evil. This one, like, if anybody out there, if your favorite character is Lieutenant Felix Foxglove and you love that performance, like, come over here right now so I can punch you. Like, (laughs) that is the stupidest performance. Like. I can't even. The one fun thing I saw online uh, was um, I didn't see a lot of like reactions from people other than being like, why Nobody did they, saw why did they thing. make this movie? Yeah. But there was one video on, on YouTube that for some reason is called Bill Murray is Dead, but it's like the scene... <laughs> It's the scene... <laughs> it's the scene where Meathead uh, smokes weed. Uh, and the guy who posted it was like, in his in, in his description was like, my brother maybe watched this when I was a kid, and it fucking terrified me for life. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I could see that. I, I guess so. Th- this alien is fucking weird, and he's smoking pot, and you don't know what's going on. I could see that being creepy as hell. There's only two reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and one from the New York Times is pallid writing, awkward acting, familiar situation, and tired jokes make the morons, wimps, and losers of Meatballs Part 2 easy to pass up. But- yeah, there was one place where I saw this listed as a cult classic, and I was like, I know, yeah, I saw that what? too. I'm pretty sure that review meant the morons, wimps, and losers. He was talking about the people that made the movie, not the <laughs> yeah. characters. But I can't, I can't believe that this movie is just available to stream on Prime Video. Um, 
but like I had a I had I had a kind of a little bit of a hard time finding a trailer for this movie mm. and almost resorted to putting one that was in a foreign language and just <gasps> oh trying my God. to pretend we knew what was going on. But I did find a TV spot, but it was just like I had to dig a little bit more than usual. Um, so, yeah, this I just can't recommend this movie. I feel like this, correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys remember differently, but is this the sharpest fall from the first movie that we've had Ooh. on the podcast so far? I feel like it's I pretty think, steep. I think it's pretty steep. Yeah, from, from first like, to second, it may be, yeah. Especially, you know, the the role that Meatballs plays in, like, the, you know... Popular culture. Yeah, the creation of, like, a genre. And I can't believe they made more after this. <laughs> yeah. No, like, me neither. I mean, maybe it's just more summer camp movies with Meatballs slapped on. That's, like, very, very real possibility. I think yeah. it's one of those, like, perfect storms of, like, the title didn't mean anything anyway. So, yeah. like, it's not, like, sacred to the movie. It's just, like, whatever. just going to keep trying over and over yeah. to it's dupe weird. people into thinking that Bill Murray might be in the movie. Like. <laughs> I mean, it, it is weird that it's called, you know, that it, it was, like, just a thing that already existed because... The alien's name is like so almost yeah. close, like it yeah. fits kind of, I guess, because his name is Meathead and it's called Meatballs. It's really, it's just really weird. Very it's it's barely a movie, and it is not worth the uh, film that it was printed on. No, yeah. Well, you know, lucky for us, there's another two movies after this, Ugh. and first up is a movie so good. That is currently only available on VHS. That seems like a great <laughs> sign. Great sign for us. It's called Meatballs 3 Summer Job. And it only comes out two years later, 1986. So uh, y- y- I've got absolutely no idea what to expect from this movie other than probably more awful jokes. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope that this they is, This movie is, is our summer job. Uh, That's right. And while we're doing it, uh, Elis, where can people reach out to us to tell us their own camp stories? Just to be clear, we are mostly gainfully employed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is our only summer job. Yeah. Um, please email us to sequelrights at gmail.com with your camp stories, your camp photos, uh, you know, anything, your thoughts on this movie. The last time you flew around a boxing ring. Yeah. Um, the, the pictures of you and your, your elementary school production of Peter Pan. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, and then find us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Sequel Rights, especially you, John Larroquette. Reply to me. <laughs> uh, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. All those are great, uh, and reviews are appreciated. And thanks to my brother for the music at the top of the show. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. In the meantime, we will be filling out our applications for our summer job and hoping to land a job at Meatballs 3. We've been waiting for the summer all year long. Waiting for the summer to sing this song. Not the swimming